Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. We are back for 2021. Today we discussed that Patrick Reed drop, asked whether Paul Casey is ready to win a major, and hear from you slout. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, brought to you in association with Titleist, the number one ball in golf. For more, visit titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name is Tom Clark and I'm joined by Elliot Heath. How are we doing? Hello Tom, good to be back. Yeah, doing all right. Lockdown is uh, taking its toll but can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and yeah, great to be back on the podcast. I've missed it. Missed hearing your voice every week. So, um, yeah, welcome back. Indeed, indeed. So, we have had a bit of a break on the clubhouse. We've done a few things a little bit differently. We're currently in the process of changing our website domain, which is very exciting. We'll be soon be golfmonthly.com. And we've also got a new podcast provider as well, haven't we, Elliot? Yeah, we are um, teaming up with Audio Boom. So, thanks to the guys at Audio Boom for their help. Yeah, it should be really exciting. I, I hope that we'll have some very interesting interviews this year and some entertaining episodes. So, uh, yeah, exciting times. Indeed. So, um, all's, all should be good. We hope that we're coming through as loud and clear as we usually are. So, uh, what have we missed? What's been going on in golf since we've been away? Anything anything important, Elliot? Well, um, <laughs> not much grassroots golf. Obviously, it's been closed since the 5th of January. We're in lockdown. You know, very jealous of our Scottish friends who have been playing this whole time. Albeit, I don't think the weather's been very good up there. But yeah, down here in Wales, Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland as well, we're all w without golf. So uh, it, it's been tough. I think the anger is starting to boil up as the weeks go on, especially last week when uh, the all-party parliamentary group for golf sent the scientific evidence to the, to the government so i mean there's an inkling that, that could change things but yeah it, it looks like it's going to be another four weeks or so but yeah god it's, it's going to feel so sweet when we get back onto that first tee the only thing which i've been i think has been something that we've at least been okay with during lockdown is that the weather has been horrendous uh in, in most of england and actually in most of the uk where we are of course of course, you may be listening to us in other countries, and I'm sure that hopefully some of you playing golf and the weather's better than it is here. But it's been very wet, and I think most of the golf courses would have been closed anyway. So hopefully, maybe that's a, a small small mercy, really, that uh, actually the golf courses, which some of us would have been trudging around in the mud, are actually, that's not happening. Uh, but of course, it is very frustrating, and, and we hope... We all hope, you know, with the with the vaccine program that's going on, that we'll soon be able to get out and play a bit of golf in the, the not so distant future. Yeah, um, well said. In the in the pro world, there has been several things which have happened, which we probably just need to cover quite quickly. Till Hatton into the world's top five. Not sure we saw that one coming quite so quickly, did we? Yeah, uh, well, he's not in the world's top five anymore. So apologies for writing that, but he, he's down to seven now. But he did get up to five last week. I think it's fourth win in 20 starts. He's now the top-ranked Englishman. And do you think in 2018 he made his Ryder Cup debut? This year he's going to be one of the stalwarts of the team. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really impressive to see what he's doing at the moment. Yeah, and there's, there's no doubt he'll, he'll be back in that world's top five uh, in the very near future. It's, it's quite close, isn't it, uh, at the moment um, with the world rankings. We were just seeing, we were just mentioning earlier that your favourite, Victor Hovland, He's up to a career high, isn't he? Yeah, he's up to 12th now, which is uh, incredible. I mean, we all expected him to get up to a great start in the pro ranks, but yeah, 12th is fantastic. He's now the fourth highest European as well, so a Ryder Cup debut in September looks very likely, I would say, now, whereas six months to a year ago, we probably would have said he's an outside bet. Yeah, and another European that we, of course, need to mention is Rory McIlroy, who is now sixth in the world rankings. Again, very tight uh, in that top 10. But it could have been also so much better. Um, he got criticised a bit for not winning the Abu Dhabi Championship, what was that, a week ago or so. 
Uh, do you think that criticism was a bit harsh on him? Uh, I don't know. We're, we're always very harsh on Rory, aren't we? Because we kind of expect him to be the second coming of Tiger Woods. But um, I think, it, yeah, it's becoming more and more apparent that unless he is in absolute tip-top form, he just can't seem to win unless perhaps the door opens for him. But yeah, there was no way he was going to get past Hatton that day with the golf that he was playing. I mean, yeah, he had an amazing first round shot, eight under, didn't have a good second round, had a really good third round. And then again, when he was leading, he, he just couldn't quite deliver. So, yeah, I, I love Rory. He's one of my favourite golfers, probably is my favourite golfer, but it is quite painful to, to see him finish top five when he should be winning tournaments. Well, I think, yeah, we all have very high, um, as he does, I, uh, we have a high threshold of where we think he should be playing. And, I mean, he his performances, although he's not getting the, as many victories as we all know he, he should be doing, and he knows he should be doing, but his performances are still fantastic. He hasn't missed a cut now since the Open in 2019. It's a long time ago, that now. Um, you know, he's had three top, no, sorry, four top tens in his last seven starts. You know, he's still playing very, very good golf. He could just do with a win, couldn't he? Yeah, like look at Patrick Reed yesterday. Pretty much the first thing he said on on the seventy uh, second green was, like, I was really struggling with my swing today, and he still got it done by five shots. Can you imagine Rory doing that? I think everybody would say no. So uh, that's definitely something he needs to improve on if he wants to start winning again. Because we know he's going to have one or two great weeks a year, but he's got the talent to win five or six times a year. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll come on to read again in a moment. Uh, something we have to probably touch on is uh, is Donald Trump, who, of course, is no longer the president of the United States of America. But more importantly, with the golf hat on, and before he must start shouting at me about politics, um, unfortunately, Trump's lost a couple of majors which were due to play be played at his courses. So Bedminster was stripped of the 2022 PGA Championship. And the RNA announced that Turnbury uh, is now off the rotor for the time being. Now, obviously, Turnbury hadn't held an Open since 2009, where Stuart Sink won, of course, just beating uh, Tom Watson in that amazing playoff. And unofficially, you know, well, well, officially, it had always been on the rotor, but unofficially, we always knew that, you know, it didn't look like it, that it was getting an Open anytime soon. And that was mainly because of of its owner. Um, I, I I'm a bit gutted that Turnbury's now off the road because it's an incredible golf course, an incredible place to go and and play golf. This is not going to be the end of this, is it? This is going to rumble on and on, isn't it? Yeah, I think it'll be some time. But yeah, I think this the Turnbury thing was a huge story for me because the, the yeah, like you said, Martin Slumbers, the RNA, they've always said. Oh yeah, yeah. Turnbury is still on the rotor. It's still being considered, and then suddenly they um, they didn't just say that it's off for the future. They said they've also not been considering it since obviously Trump was president. So uh, yeah, it's a big shame because it it ranks number one in our top one hundred. It's an amazing golf course. But yeah, I'm sure we'll see it back one day. Hopefully, absolutely. Someone else that we hopefully will see back in the not so distant future is Tiger Woods, who. Fortunately, he's had to have his fifth back surgery recently. We believe that that's gone successfully, don't we? But we've not got no idea when he's actually going to be next seen on a golf course, do we? No, he's looking doubtful for the Masters, you'd probably say. I think he probably will tee up, I guess, if he's got no further pains. But there's not really much chance of him turning up to Augusta in good form, really, is there, you'd have to say. No, it's, it's a real shame, you know. Masters doesn't seem to be the same when when the Tiger's not there. And obviously, he did play there in November, and he didn't play badly at all, did he? Really, actually, he was, we were quite excited at some points about how how well he was playing. So, let's hope that this is just a, a minor setback, and uh, this is just you know been something that they've had to do to get him going and get him fit again. We all saw how well he did come back from that original spinal fusion they did or whatever it was um so let's fingers crossed that he can get back to to playing and competing because uh, he's still got a couple of records to, to not you know to to get sorted you know we wanted to win a one more pj tour title for sure don't we yeah uh yeah 
sticking to Target, yeah, I think just watched his new documentary this weekend. It was fascinating where you saw so many times how many times he was asked about Jack Nicholas's uh, record of 18 majors. And even as like a 18 year old, a 20 year old, 25 year old, it was always, I want 19, I want 19. And I think this, this new surgery kind of shows me that he wasn't playing badly last year. He just, he was not fit. And I think, you know, he's, he's 45 years old now. He's still got a reasonable amount of time left. If he can get fit, I think he's, he's still the greatest full time, isn't he? In my opinion. And, and I think he's got majors left in him, but only if his body is fit. Yeah, I, th I think I think you're right. And I know you you loved that documentary, didn't you? So uh, if it, if anyone hasn't seen it, there's a there's a web post going up, Elliot, isn't there, about it? About a few reasons why you should. What? Yeah, it? yeah. There was uh, some really interesting tidbits. Uh, obviously, there's been some great books written about him, and I thought. There was some some great facts and, and things in this. Uh, obviously, there's a bit of controversy in it, which uh, we all kind of brush out under the carpet. But when you actually see it again, it's it's just insane what he's gone through, how troubled he is. And as a massive fan of his, I, I think it makes me really happy to see where he is now, where he is with his children. Um, yeah, I, I just love Tiger Woods. I, th I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, Probably the last thing we'll touch on before we move on to uh, the recent uh, tournaments that just happened is that uh, probably just mention about Justin Thomas, who had a bit of a shocker a couple of weeks ago, uh, was caught say making a uh, making a slur on a, on the on the audio of the TV coverage, and that has left him um, without any Ralph Lauren sponsorship, who have who have dropped him now, and he's also uh, donated some of his money from uh, from Citibank, I think it is. So uh, LGBTQ plus organisations as well. Uh, this this was a bit of a bit of a nightmare. This for Justin Thomas, who always comes over as one of the the nicest guys on tour, but um, it shows the pros have really got to um, to step it up and realise that they are role models on and off the course, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, especially in today's world with with uh, the cameras basically everywhere. Like Rory McIlroy said, you, you just can't make a mistake anymore, I think. And, yeah, it's, um, it was a big surprise, actually, because, like I said, Thomas seems such a great guy. But I think he's reacted to it very well as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think in the future he, he'll be a very attractive golfer to, to endorse, hopefully. Hopefully he's, he's doing a lot of work with City who want to keep him on and, and kind of do good. So, I mean, yeah, maybe it's going to... Result in good, yeah, and, and I, I think it's actually, you know, this is a, you know, a lesson for for all sportsmen and, uh, and all golfers, you know, that they, as I said, are, are role, role models, and I think it's right that they're called out, you know, um, making a, a homophobic slur is, is just not on in this day and age at all. It's not even close to being being good enough, is it? And um, especially when you know, there's all kind of people keep. People watching uh, the tournament, some some very impressionable people out there. You know, um, there's a way that you sh they need to act. They get paid a lot of money uh, to win these, to play these tournaments, to to be sponsored by these guys. And um, it's a shame that someone's had to come a cropper to uh, to really highlight this. But hopefully, going forwards, this will will help everybody in the game. And um, I hope I hope Thomas comes out of this the other side. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, a better person and, um, you know, someone who, who who acts in the right way going forwards. I'm, sh I'm sure he will. Yeah, quiet January then. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit's been going on. <laughs> and uh, it's great now. The golf is really now up and running, isn't it? And we've already had a couple of uh, big tournaments and, and some, and some uh, big-name winners. Uh, and there were some really big-name winners and the weekend just gone. So we're just going to have a bit of a quick recap on what happened. So in the Farmers... Insurance Open. Uh, Patrick Reed won his ninth PJ Tour title at Torrey Pines. He shot a closing 68 to win by five, the largest winning margin of his career. But it wasn't without controversy. He had a very, well, interesting drop on Saturday evening, uh, which caused, which raised a few eyebrows. What were your thoughts on what happened with Patrick Reed on Saturday evening? Um, not really much to say, to be honest, apart from I think the reaction has been quite cruel. 
in this day and age, you know what social media is like. And yeah, having opened Twitter probably a few too many times over the weekend, I've got a little bit fed up of seeing his name and and seeing it. Um, I, I guess dragged through the mud. I don't really want to like stick up for him massively, but yeah, I just think people should be a little bit nicer. Both um, the PJ Tour and the rules official have said he acted perfectly. He did nothing wrong. In the grand scheme of things, it's it's a ball. It's a lie. It's rough. Like it doesn't make much difference. That they've completely said he, what he did was fine. So let's just move on. It's not a big issue, uh, and I think it makes the game look a little bit silly with, with rules controversies like that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably quite close to being spot on there. Um, I mean, Rory McIlroy had almost the exact same thing happen to him on the 18th hole, I think, on what Sunday evening or Saturday evening. You know, and it sounded like lots of people were getting drops in the rough because of of balls being embedded. Um, but Patrick Reed is the pantomime villain, isn't he? He's a golfer everybody loves to hate. Um, he's obviously had a bit of controversy in the past about potentially issues with cheating stuff like that, which he's always denied and. Um, you know, and there's no real proof of it. I think that's really happened. But he, he, he is who he is, and he, he plays very well. I think that's the thing. He played fantastically, didn't he, to work, to win yesterday, to win by five. And um, he's a fantastic golfer. He's won a major. He's been the talisman of the United States Ryder Cup team. I think that's one of the reasons why he gets so much hatred on on some social media, because he's he's the, uh, you know, the, the go-to guy, Captain America. Um, which only winds people up. Um, but bottom line is he's a fantastic golfer, very talented, really entertaining to watch, love the way he plays golf. And he just unfortunately gets a, a fair amount of abuse. So um, he's back inside the world's top 10 now as well, doesn't he? He's playing very, very good golf. Yeah, just uh, an absolute class player. And he said at the end, as I've already said, he, he was battling his swing. So, yeah, we know he's a proven major champion, won the Masters in great fashion in 2018. And I think it's very likely that he'll win more majors. I would say that all this controversy is just, it's probably terrible for the US Ryder Cup team. I mean, Xander Schofle publicly came out and said, the talk amongst the boys isn't great. I mean, publicly saying that about somebody who's going to be in the same team room with you in September, I mean, it just plays into Europe's hands, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. That's the, that's the thing. I think he does polarise opinion. It was clear at the last World Cup in France that you know, he wasn't happy with what happened. He didn't get picked with Spieth, did he? Who Spieth, of course, played with Thomas because they're best best buddies. They've been friends forever. Uh, Reed and Spieth had, had that amazing, successful Ryder Cup pairing in the previous Ryder Cup, and they didn't get put together, I don't think, did they, For in France? Um so there's clear issues, and that's something that you know the Europeans, I'm sure, will uh, try and prey upon. But he's a fantastic golfer. He's going to be in the Ryder Cup team again. He's going to be leading. If there's crowds, which we hope there are at the Ryder Cup, he's going to be the the cheerleader. He's going to get a lot of support, isn't he? So um, he's. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does very well this year in some of the majors as well. Yeah, definitely. Someone else who's had a very good weekend uh, was Paul Casey, who won his 15th European Tour title at the Dubai Desert Classic. Englishman held off Robert McIntyre on the front nine and then eased home for a four-stroke victory. He's playing, again, very solid. Always been criticised for not getting the job done enough. But he seems to you know, be winning a bit more now, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I actually would quite like his chances in a major now. I think... He publicly said in his press conference, he's put the new Titleist TSI 3 driver in, which has has helped him regain his youth, I think he said something like that. And, and he said he's driving it now as well as he was when he was third in the world. And you think Casey is known for being a wonderful ball striker. I'm not saying that he, he's gone away from that in recent years, but if he can get back to his best tee to green, which he was at the weekend, then, um, yeah, he can go all the way. I mean, he's finished top five in the FedEx Cup a few times, hasn't he? He's been a, a machine on the PGA Tour and so much money. And when he gets the putter rolling, he's really, really impressive. I'm a huge fan. He's from the local area here in Surrey. Not as um, well-loved across the country, I don't think, as he should be. 
Um, but he's still got a few years left in him. I, I would love to see him go and win a major. And I think perhaps he is, he's got the experience now. He's regained that great driving, like I said. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great to see him go and win a major. And I, I kind of think he, he can, especially after last year at the PGA where he was um, tied second, I think. Yeah, he, he's he's definitely a golfer. I think he's who's now playing almost his best golf. Um, he had a bit. He's had a funny career because he had a bit of a an issue not that many years ago where he got injured when he was snowboarding, and I think that took quite a long time to recover from. And also, he, he used, there were a few comments saying, "Oh, you know, like golf's not everything to me. You know, I'm trying to do everything." And I, I don't think that all the people who used to watch it, all his supporters, were that happy with him. You know, really kind of like saying, "Oh, I've got I'm good at golf, but actually, I've got, I'm more interested in other things." But he certainly seems to be now be concentrating completely fully on it, and he's playing very well. He's, had, he's won four times in, since 2018. You know, he started this year. He's finished eighth at the American Express and first at, in the Biodesert Classic. So, you know, he shot up to 16th in the world. You know, he he got very close to the PGA Championship last year, didn't he? We finished second, um, and he's. I think you're right. He could he could definitely challenge at all the majors this year. Yeah, I'd, I would love to see it. I think he's got the experience now. Um, I remember I was at a um, kind of like a, a gathering that went with all the journalists with Casey and he was absolutely desperate to make the Olympic team. I'd love to see him do that as well. I think he'd be on the team as it stands. Yeah. And at the time he was saying, I, I, will, I will move my schedule around to try and make that team. So, uh, yeah, it, it looks like he's going to make that, hopefully. So that'd be brilliant. And... He looks like he'll make the Ryder Cup team again. So, um, yeah, just a, a wonderful start to the year for him. Yeah, and, and and if we want to just touch on on that, I mean, obviously, uh, there's only two spots probably for the Olympics, depending on the world rankings. Um, and with Rory playing for Ireland, the two spots at the moment for for Team GB would be uh, Tyrrell Hatton and Paul Casey. Uh, Hatton's seventh in the world, Casey's sixteenth, but Fitzpatrick's twentieth and Fleetwood's twenty-first, um, and Westwood's thirty-sixth, Rose thirty-eighth, Rose obviously defending champion, Robert McIntyre up to forty-fourth in the world as well. So you know, there's there's a lot of potential there, but the best way to do it would be to get loads of them in the top fifteen because I think if you get in the top fifteen, then you can have a maximum of four. I think that's right from each country. So. Um, there's definitely a bit of a scrap for anybody who's desperate to to go over and uh, go for gold in August. So uh, that should be that should be really interesting. And he's he's going to be on the Ryder Cup team for for certain, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if he doesn't make it, I think he'll get a wild card pick. Yeah, but he he's a it's such a, a great chance now winning early early on in the year that really helps everything. It means you get into every event, obviously, which he would have been in anyway. But you get a huge chunk of those points early doors. It's uh, it's much easier than trying to catch up later on. Yeah. Uh, also, the, the weekend he was very emotional afterwards, and that reminds me of maybe like Saturday afternoon at the Golf National when he was in tears after winning a match with Tyrrell Hatton. And him and Hatton, I think, played both doubles games together. So uh, a very formidable team. And they could be our Olympic team as well. And I, I think Harrington will be playing those two out in Whistling Straits as well together. Yeah, that's it. So at the moment, Casey is in the team, of course. He's, I think, sixth. He's shot up massively um, to make it. Uh, Hatton, McElroy, Fleetwood leading the way as well. So already lots of... Uh, United Kingdom players look like uh, being on that team, um, but obviously a long way to go with the uh, with with the rankings for the Ryder Cup. Victor Hovland just hovering outside the team as well, so uh, he's got a big chance, which I know you'll be cheering him on. Right, we're going to have a quick break from us two talking. We're going to hear from Yusel Loughton. Uh, Sam Tremlett caught up with a six-time European Tour winner before Christmas to talk about life on tour in the COVID bubble. How has 2020 been for you, like in terms of coming back onto the European tour with the change schedule and all that stuff? So, how was that? It, I mean, it's, it's been a strange year, you know. We, we, we had five events before the lockdown, basically, before the worldwide lockdown, uh, which were normal. And then after the lockdown, it, it was a different world coming out, you know. Um, no spectators, uh, getting tested, uh, staying in the bubble, not allowed to leave the hotel. 
And and to be honest, it, it felt like I've been living in a, in a in a prison for the last four or five months. You know, it's it's the the fun of playing tournaments. You know, normally you get the fun of the atmosphere on the golf course from the spectators, but there were no spectators. And then at night you go with a couple guys, you go out for dinner and uh, you know have some downtime and just relax and have some fun. Weren't allowed to leave the hotel. You weren't allowed to eat with other guys because wow. you know with the with the body body system that we we had in place. So all you've seen is your caddy and the hotel and the golf course, you know. And and it's 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 just a different world, you know. Even just simple things like getting onto an airplane, you know, all the paperwork you had to do and all the testing and all the all the extra things that that. It comes with it now. It it makes it hard, you know. It, it everything is just so much harder than before. Um, we all understand why it's hard, you know. That that's that's not the problem. But the fun of of playing tournaments and and having a bit of of downtime or just relaxing, you know, that's it's all impossible. And that makes it hard. Makes it long weeks you know, staying in the hotel room and only golf course. Yeah. What what kind of stuff did you do to pass the time? Was it like a lot of reading or like just yeah, no, I'm, I'm more of a, a net, Netflix guy, you know, so uh, luckily uh, we always have Netflix, but it's, it's yeah, I've, I, I have read books and, and do other things, but there's not much you can do if you have to stick in your room, you know, you yeah. can watch a bit of TV, Netflix or read a book. Um, sleep a lot as well. <laughs> you know, I've, I've done a lot more sleeping than normally, you know, but... Um, yeah, you're just trying to get through the days, and and uh, sometimes you stay on the golf course a little bit longer. Yeah. Because you're, you know, in the hotel room, there wasn't wasn't anything to do in the hotel anyway. Like a little bit more, like kind of practice on the putting green and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, you stay practice, or you you go to the players' lounge and you have some, you know, you just sit there and have a coffee, or uh, you know, just little things. Um, just to stay away from the hotel basically because you knew as soon as you go back to the hotel uh, there wasn't much um, you could do there. So obviously you've traveled a lot in your career and everything how difficult was it and um, you briefly mentioned it there like in terms of all the things you had to do for travel how, how you speak a little bit about that how 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 it has changed. Well, I, I think I think for me the most confusing thing was that the rules are and were different every country you go to mm. so sometimes you had to fill in a whole book of paperwork and they never asked for it at the airport uh, and sometimes you had to do nothing and then they were asking for all sorts of things that you didn't know you had to do so it was very inconsistent in 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 the government rules from all the different countries and that made it very very tricky that you had to make sure all the time that you were you know you were following the rules and that you had the right paperwork and and Done, done your test at the right time, you know, and all, all sorts, um, you know, and at one stage I had to do, I think I was flying to Italy and I had to do a PCR test uh, in, the, in the three days before you fly to Italy. So I booked, a, I booked a test here in Holland, but all the laboratories were so busy that they couldn't give me the, the results within three days. So, you know, then you're not allowed to, yeah. to, to fly. So then you have to find different ways or or you have to find a different laboratory that that could give you the 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 results within the time you needed it so everything is just a hassle you know and everything was constantly changing everywhere you know the rules were changing the the countries uh, you know it it was just different everywhere and that made it very tricky sometimes and uh, there's plenty of stories out on tour with guys that weren't allowed to fly to certain places because they didn't do the correct test or they didn't do mm. the test at all or they yeah. didn't have the paperwork um so you have to be careful were you tempted to just kind of wait a little bit longer because like in terms of just wait until it's died down a little bit more or less or well i'm in the first couple events that i played after um the first yeah after the lockdown uh, i i drove to the tournaments with oh, my okay. own car because i felt you know we didn't know at that time i think we were one of the first sports that were going to go back to it so we were some we were basically the first people that were flying again or allowed to fly so i thought i'll just go by car so i let other guys test it out you know and yeah um, <laughs> luckily we could do it so we had to go to austria for two weeks and we, we went to the uk with the car so it was possible to for us to drive so let the other guys 
you know, be the guinea pigs on, on the plane. <laughs> but there was a lot of hassle the first couple of weeks just to get to Vienna for the tournament, you know. And uh, I was happy I went by car. Because, again, when you're at the tournaments, normally you have courtesy cars in place that bring you to the tournament. But they weren't allowed, so you had to hire a car anyway at the at the airport. So you might as well go with your own car, you know. And, and you know, that's all little things that, that, that have been changed. Yeah. So going back now, forgive me, I did try and do some research on like your background and everything in terms. So I went on your website, but obviously it's all in Dutch. So I couldn't. <laughs> so how did you first start playing the game of golf? Was it a parent, a relative or whoever who got you yeah, into the it game? My, it was my uncle. My uncle played golf and he took me to the golf course to a local nine holes part three course um, when I was about six or seven. And he just put me a club, a club in my hands and I started to hit balls on the driving range, you know, and then. Uh, I loved it from the beginning. I loved all sports, to be honest. You know, it, it didn't matter at that time if you if he gave me a football, I would have enjoyed it, or you would, you know, let me play uh, whatever ping pong or table tennis. Mm. I would have enjoyed it as well. Um, so he brought me to the golf course, just hitting balls on the range. You know, uh, together with him every Friday, he took me. I loved it. I loved it, and I picked it. I picked it up quite well you know I, I was pretty good at it from a young age which helps when you're young and you can do something yeah uh, you pick it up easy it helps then instead of when you miss the ball on the time so you know i fell in love with the sport so that's why you basically stuck with it in terms because obviously the dutch are very good at like football cycling all that kind of stuff golf was your first love kind of sport that's why you stuck with yeah, it yeah I, I mean i played football at the time and and i i i have played football until i was 14 or 15 and then uh, you had to make a decision what are you going to do and and for me it was easy i want to be a golfer you know i want to see how far i can go with 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 golf so you know there was for me there was no difficult choice to make um, but yeah in in holland at that time when i started so that's about uh you know, 30 years ago or, or 28 years ago, at that time it was only for the rich maybe and, and maybe it wasn't as approachable as it is now. Mm. So it's definitely changed over the years. But you needed somebody in your in your neighborhood or in your family that played, played the game or else you had no chance of just going to a golf course and, yeah. uh, and ask if you could hit some balls, you know. But I think that has changed now, which is good. So now in Holland, it's more uh, a sport for everybody. Although a lot of people that don't play the game still thinks it's for for the elite and and the old people and uh, you know but it, it's not it's 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 for everybody now and um, luckily in Holland now we have all sorts of golf clubs from very private to just public yeah. and uh, I think that's that's good you know so there's something for everybody. So obviously the main reason we got this time with you is you've just signed with Duke Del Cosma to use their shoes from January. That's correct, isn't it? So what was the yeah. reasoning behind that decision? Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've came to know the, the owners, basically, Frank van Wezel and, and, and Caroline, and um, we had a great connection from the beginning, and that's how the ball started rolling, and then, you you know, you go to the company, see what they're doing, see what their, their, what their ideas are, what the designs are, and, you know, it just felt right from, from, the, from the beginning. And then you start talking about, you know, maybe we can, we can do something together in the, in the future, well, and then it's also sometimes the, the right timing. You know, my contract with with Quick, my old clothing sponsor, finished, so there was time to negotiate and 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 look for other options. You know, and and it just all came together. And I think for me, what's really important when I do sign with, with somebody that it feels right. You know, it, yeah, it's not only a business deal, but I, I you need to have a personal connection as well with with the people you you're going to work with. And um, I think that felt. Um, that felt right from the from the beginning, you know. And they're very driven, you know. They they really want to build their brand and, and and move forward, come up with new ideas. And and I think there's still a lot of room for improvement. And and I I love coming up and thinking about new ideas, new designs. So getting involved that way as well. So not only wear the shoes, but also trying to help and make make the shoes better. And and yeah. That's what I love as well, and there are not many brands in, in golf that will allow the player to do that. Yeah, so obviously um, you do a lot of testing in terms of clubs. How much testing do you do for in terms of shoes as well? Because obviously it's something that's well, very important. I, you know, it never stops, you know, because you find <laughs> a shoe and there's always something you think, oh, well, maybe, maybe if we improve this or maybe 
if you make it a bit stiffer or lighter or you know there's always maybe more grip um so so there's always things that that you can do and try to improve the shoe the same as your golf swing you know it's never finished it's never right now i've done enough and i don't ever have to practice again you know you're always looking for improvements yeah but i've i've done a lot of testing um and and it was difficult because my contract of course with my old sponsor was still you know it was still running so i had to do it in my in my own time but it's also fun to do and it's fun to to give them feedback and and say right this i like this and i don't like that and how can we improve it if i don't like it and and if it's good how can we make it even better and um that's a process i think that will never stop because there's always mm. i think there's always room for improvement something can be good but it can always be better yeah so i've got one more question it's just shifting back um so obviously they've got the new strategic alliance between the european tour pga tour what's your opinion on that and what's your opinion on the premier golf league well I, I don't know. I, I know. I've, I've, we, you know, we had the, we had the statement about the allegiance of of the European Tour PGA Tour. It, it doesn't really say how much of an involvement the PGA Tour is going to have in the European Tour. And yeah. I think we need a bit more information about what's what's going on exactly. I mean, it's great that they have an allegiance, but what is it? What does it exactly mean? Yeah. You know, what is it going to mean for the tournaments? Is it? Are the tournaments going to be stronger field-wise or is it going to be more prize money or are there going to be more events? I think there's still a lot of unknown things that we need to find out before I can actually say if it's if it's a good thing or not. You know, so at the end of the day, yeah, the PGA Tour is one of the strongest golf or sports organization in the world. So it's great to have them involved with the European Tour. But on the other side, I think the European Tour needs to make sure that the European Tour stays the European Tour mm. and not going to be... A second division of the PGA Tour, yeah. and I think I think that's up to the European Tour to really make sure that they, you know, that they keep their own identity. It could be a good thing, but at at the moment, I think there's a, too much unsure about the yeah. ins and outs of it. Would you say the same for the the PGL, the like the breakaway league that people are talking about? Uh, to be honest, I haven't heard much about that, um, so I I, okay. I I can't really say anything about it it's the first time I, i've heard about that uh, the pgl you say yeah the yeah. Prem, premier golf league well i've i've heard rumors about the world the world uh what was it the golf tour world golf tour or something that it's going to be team events and stuff like that yeah like the 48 players thing yeah i've i've, I've heard about that um yeah it's a difficult one uh you know it's at the, at the end of the day, it's great if there are more playing opportunities. It's great if there's more prize money for us to play for. But at the end of the day, I think we need to make sure that golf stays golf. Mm. And it's not going to be a, a you know, uh, a funny thing or whatever. I think, um, you know, again, the European Tour needs to make sure that they keep their own identity and their own formats. So there we go. That was Hugh Loughton. Chatted to Sam Tremlett about uh, that life on tour. And it doesn't sound great, fun. He said it was like life, like a prison in the hotels. Doesn't sound great, does it? Yeah, he's not the first person to say that. Who was it? Somebody said they need to have a week off because they're going insane or something. It might have been Callum Shinkun or, or Tom Lewis or something. But um, yeah, it's clearly been very difficult. And as we know, the, the European Tour have been much more stringent than the PGA Tour, which... Um, has basically been letting their players do whatever they want as long as they test negative. Whereas the European tour, you have to stay in your hotel, you have to stay with your buddy, you can't go out for dinner in the hotel with anybody else. So it's clearly been tough for these guys, but I guess it's been tougher for other people in other industries. So, um, yeah, but but I would say I've never met you, Slats, and I've never interviewed him before, but he sounds like a top guy. I'm sure you guys will think that. And... Um, yeah, I'd like to see him win his seventh European Tour title now after listening to that. He seems like a, a really top fella. Yeah, a really, really solid uh, golfer, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, it, the European Tour have obviously had so many different things to, to sort out with in the past year with, with COVID. Obviously, what the European Tour has to deal with, which the PGA Tour doesn't really, is that the European Tour is usually in a different country from week to week. Um, and with moving to each different country, there's different restrictions, and it's it's been really tricky. It's why the UK swing of the European Tour last year was such a success, 
um, even if it was hard on the players who were cooped up in their hotels, it's because it was all a, you know, in one country, all the rules were the same and um, you didn't have to cross borders and anything like that. So um, we have seen that after, so we've got the Saudi International this week. Um, there's not much golf going on on the European Tour, is there? No, I think it's just, um, where was it? It was Kenya and somewhere else. There's only two events before Augusta for the regular European Tour guys um, outside of the WGCs. So I think it's either going to be a very barren stretch for them or there's going to be a new Dubai swing or, or something like that because, yeah, it's, it's going to be quite a long time without golf. Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it? So just looking at the, the European Tour schedule, we've got, of course, the WGC, which is, of course, in America, which is, of course, associated with the European Tour. There's the Qatar Masters, 11th to 14th of March, currently on there, and the Kenya Open and another WGC. So uh, not much is the, is the short answer, is it? And for those players, of course, who don't qualify for the WGCs, which is the majority of the European Tour, um, there's not a huge amount to go out and, and play for, is there? It looks a bit better after after Augusta with a, a couple of um, events. There's the Tenerife Open and Gran Canaria Open and the Portugal Masters. So fingers crossed they can start firming up some of these events around the year and um, we could still get a good, a good proper European tour schedule on. And, uh, of course, talking of Saudi International, that is where Yuslaten will be teeing it up this year, uh, this week. Sorry, he, he's in the field, isn't he? Um, and it's a very strong field, isn't it? Yeah, I'm quite surprised by how strong the field is. I'm not quite sure why, but uh, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Tyrrell Hatton, Patrick Reed, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau, they're all over there. It's um, turning into one of the European Tour's biggest events. Um, I've heard Saudi mentioned as the entertainment capital of the world now. So, um, yeah, I think this event's only going to keep growing. And, yeah, um, look forward to it. It's on an amazing course. I, w- I would say that the course does look very good. And I've just heard today that Jack Nicholas is designing a new course in Saudi as well. So um, it's going to be a hotspot for golf in the coming years and decades. I, I, I like the way that you said you quite tongue-in-cheek just said you have no idea why there's such a strong field. I think we all know why there's such a strong field because, obviously, the cash is being splashed. Uh, I'm sure, and some appearance fees will uh, will obviously be changing, exchanging hands. But it's it's is a decent course, and we've had a couple of good winners there, haven't we? In, in the couple of years that they played there, Dustin Johnson won in 2019, Grant McDowell in 2020, and I think the guys. I know they're obviously getting a bit of money to go out there as well, but it does sound like they do enjoy the challenge of the course. Who do you think? then will be lifting the trophy on Sunday? Um, looking at form horses, I think you'd probably have to say Tony Finau, the guy that doesn't win golf tournaments. Uh, he is just, yeah, I think he's up to 40 top 10s now since his last win. He's had two top 10s in a row. He is, um, yeah, just it's a fantastic golfer. Can't quite get over the line for whatever reason, but... Um, I mean, you'd fancy him to be top 10 again this week, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, he, he is obviously a very, very good golfer. And you're right. We've seen some amazing stats in the time that he hasn't won. How many other of the, golf, <laughs> of the golfers have won and who have had similar amounts of top 10. So it, it, it is frustrating. I mean, this week we have to talk about Dustin Johnson, of course. You know, he was first in 2019. He was second last year as well. So he obviously loves playing there. Um, and it, it really suits his game. So, uh, you know, no doubt he's he's the favourite this week. He's he's quite short odds. You can get him about eleven to two. Um, Fino, you can get him as almost as long as twenty to one. So uh, that's decent odds. I, I think also I really like the look of Hatton again this week. You can get him about twelve to one as well. So um, do check out our betting tips by searching for golf betting tips and going to the Golf Monthly website, and uh, you'll see all our tips for this week. Yeah, just sticking with the Saudi International, I've just remembered uh, Phil Mickelson is also in the field. He played last year, and I think he played with some Premier Golf League representatives. Uh, Obviously, Mickelson has said he's intrigued by the idea of the Premier Golf League, which we haven't heard too much about recently, but um, 
we do know that there is Saudi investment there. So it'll be interesting to hear if anything new comes out from that. And, and if anything new does come out, we'll be covering it on the Golf Monthly website, which from tomorrow, the 2nd of February, will be golfmonthly.com. Indeed. And Mickelson played very well last year. He, he finished third. So, um, he, um, uh, yeah, someone who's not just going over there to uh, make up the numbers, I'm sure he'll uh, I'll be putting in a, a big push to try and win it as well. Um, there is also a raw, usually raucous event um, in America this week, which for the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the event which usually has the 16th tee, which has thousands and thousands of people around watching and cheering on. Do we know what, how busy it's going to be? Yeah, so the stadium's going to be up again. Uh, I think there's only going to be fans on the top deck, and there is going to be 5,000 fans a day, which... Um, yeah, it's probably down about two hundred thousand a day because it is. It's like no other golf event. This tournament. It's um, nicknamed the People's Open. I think one year they might have got something like eight hundred thousand fans for the week. Which, uh, when you compare to Wentworth, which has a hundred thousand a week around that, and Wentworth is a massively attended event. So um, I can't imagine what it's like out in Phoenix. I've never been. I would love to go. But uh, it's going to be good that there's going to be some fans this week. I mean, it would be great to see the stadium again. I'm sure there'll be, if not thousands, hundreds in there. And uh, great to see McElroy as well making his tournament debut. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely, absolutely right. Rory playing for the first time. And you know what? Some people will be very disappointed that it won't be quite as raucous there as usual. But I think some other people will be like, oh, that's quite nice. I can just watch the golf without hearing a... Uh, people shouting Bubba Booey every two seconds or whatever it is. Um, Webb Simpson won there last year and he's a, you know, he played very well and he's in the field again. I think Webb Simpson's probably got a good chance this year as well, hasn't he? He's about 20 to one this, this week. Do you like, do you like his chances? Yeah. I was so impressed with his victory last year. I remember uh, we thought this would finally be uh, the monkey off Tony Finau's back, but Simpson finished birdie birdie, I think. And then uh, birdied the playoff hole as well. So um, just an absolute clutch finish there. One player I do like this week, probably tournament favourite, and actually Mac will be favourite, won't he? Um, John Rahm, he obviously went to the University of Arizona, um, loves this event, and he's in really good form at the moment, albeit he hasn't quite held the putts when he's needed to um, in January, but he's definitely due a victory, judging by how he's playing. So John Rahm is favourite. He's around oh, yes. seven. He's around seven to one. Justin Thomas is around eight to one. Rory looks as long as eleven to one. Oh, which is probably that's tempting. Quite tempting price getting him at double figures, which is rare. Shoflee uh, is also playing as well. I just I forgot about Fee now because that's odd. When that's even more odd, really, isn't it? That that Fee is not playing this week then. Um, back there because he was so close to winning, and he, he's actually in Saudi, isn't he? So that's a shame he won't he won't be he won't be teeing up in Phoenix. Um, yeah, he's probably got half a million reasons why he's not teeing up in Phoenix this week. Possibly, we we don't know, do we? But you're probably right. Um, but one person who is playing in Phoenix is Brooks Kepka. Now, where do we think Brooks Kepka's game is at the moment? Um, it's pretty terrible at the moment, isn't it? I think he's missed three cuts in a, in a row. Now, it, do, do we think this is down just to, due to injury? Um, or, or what? He's also had some coaching changes as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he split with Claude Harmon III, who he won uh, all four majors under. Um, he's had some terrible injuries, really, in the last pretty much two years uh, with his knee and, and with other things. But yeah, he doesn't look like he's ready to win a golf event at the moment. I think it's going to take a while, which, yeah, it's a big surprise, really, when he won four majors in the space of two and a half years or something. But, um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah, he, so he's, he's the reason why I mention it, he, he's as long as 50 to 1, would you believe it? Wow. Um, to win this week. As you say, he does seem to be going through certain a few issues with his with his swing and his fitness. He didn't seem very happy with his game at all um, last week either, did he? So... Well, he's definitely someone to look out for. He's, he's just very tempting at that price, isn't he? Someone who, who we know can just turn it on like that um, and, and do well. And um, there's someone else in the field who 
seems to be in similar situation to Kepka, who still long odds. Uh, that's Ricky Fowler, 60 to 1 now. Uh, Ricky Fowler is now 62nd in the world, uh, 53rd last week, 21st the week before. Do we see anything that seems would suggest that Ricky Fowler could could turn his game round and win at the Waste Management, which he won back in 2019, you know, not that long ago. Yeah, this has been a really good venue for him, I think. Well, I know, yeah, this was uh, last win, wasn't it, two years ago? So, yeah, never back um, back against Ricky at Phoenix. I remember watching him probably 2009 or 10 when he was uh, probably a rookie. He, he went really close here with his long hair and his very flat swing. So I'm just looking at his results. So he was second there in 2010, second there in 2016, and he did win, and that was his last uh, pro win back in 2019. He's 60 to one. He he's someone who I always feel you know he obviously does love it there uh, and plays very well. If he can find his his swing at all, or the changes that he's obviously putting in uh, suddenly suddenly click. He's such a good putter that he's always going to be a danger, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember it, it probably was 16, did you say he was second there? He was probably leading on the 17th team. He hit his driver through the back of the green into the water hazard. Yeah. That was very unlucky. So he feels like he probably could have won this tournament more than once. Yeah, definitely. I think he's probably got unfinished business there. So um, I am I'm very much looking forward to uh, checking out that. It's a big, uh, a big Sunday, obviously, for American sport with not only the golf, but also the Super Bowl afterwards as well. So um, um, I think there'll be a few hangovers Monday morning. Not me, I'm sure. Not me, I'm sure. But uh, it should be good fun. So as we said, do check out um, all the latest news and, and how everything's going, including our betting tips and how to watch the events. Do go to the uh, newly named golfmonthly.com. Still the, very much the same website, but uh, just with a new domain name, which uh, comes into effect, as Elliot said, from tomorrow, which is Tuesday, February the 2nd. So do check us out, and uh, hopefully uh, everything goes smoothly with that with that change. But uh, do check out all our the latest news as well on our social media channels, at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram, and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. Elliot, thanks for chatting today. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Good to be back. Good to hear your voice again. And um, what an exciting week, actually. We've got basically the entire of the world's top 15 or something. So, yeah, really um, big things going on in golf at the moment. Absolutely. And if you're un unable to play golf yourself, do enjoy watching the pros tee it up because uh, that's the, the next best thing. And, um, yeah, stay positive, everybody out there. And uh, we'll soon be out playing golf again, I'm sure. So until next week, we will speak to you then.